In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. It's D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 278th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We appreciate it if you go on Twitter and follow us at D. Orlando AJC. Subscribe to AJC.com and then get the digital products and the print if you can. And also, you can follow us on Facebook on Atlanta Falcons News Now. For this episode, we're going to title it The Dress Rehearsal versus the Browns. I understand it's not going to be real dressy, but we're going to look at it anyway. It's a good matchup for the Falcons. Then, um, the Rookie Report. Plan D, developing developmental players. And then we'll look at Rosen and Tannehill. Can the Falcons do the same thing with Rosen? That uh, Arthur Smith did with Tannehill. Then we'll hear some uh, audio from Calvin Ridley. So let's get started. Hey, just got a text back from Mary Kay Cabot, the the, uh, excellent Cleveland Browns beat writer for the Cleveland Playing Dealer and Cleveland.com. Said, hey, Mary Kay, are the Browns expected to play their starters versus the Falcons? I highly doubt it. They haven't played them at all. Just rookies Greg Newsom and JOK and a few other guys. So there we have it. All these matchups out the window, but we're going to talk about it anyway. How this is a good matchup for the Falcons anyway, because their depth is coming into question here uh, in the 23 to 3 loss to the Titans, uh, you know, a playoff team. And then uh, the 37 to 17 beat down by the Dolphins, which, you know, was 10 to 6 last year. Got pummeled by Buffalo uh, to get kicked out of the playoff hunt last year. Uh, so, you know, two good teams. Now the Browns, also a double digit win team last year, went to the playoffs, had the Chiefs on the ropes. Uh, one of those fumbles near the goal line that will or or history go down in Browns lore. You know they had it's happened before. They did it against Denver. Oh, the old Ernest Biner fumble. Uh, they're in that game. They're going toe to toe with the Chiefs. So they are AFC contenders. And uh, I didn't go to their camp when I was up in Canada. It was just too much. Um, I couldn't find a slot to get over there. But a lot of a lot of people did. A lot of people did. And a lot of reports of that hey they got some debt. They got a lot of depth on defense, and this is the same weekend that Tack McKinley left, but uh, they had some more people behind him. So um, the Browns are legit AFC contenders with depth. So even if they don't play the starters, uh, the, the Falcons will get a good test if they decide to run their starters out. I understand that they want to play the starters. Final decision hasn't been made, uh, but they want to. Uh, at least get them a little bit of action before the regular season. See, a lot of coaches don't think, think they got to play them now after last season where they went straight to the season with the starters because, you know, you can you can keep it simple and be vanilla in the exhibition season. 
the old way, you know, Coach Smith would go one series, then two series, then the first, uh, then in the exhibition game, uh, the second one would be uh, halftime, then the uh, third one, the dress rehearsal, they would come out for that first series and then come out and not play the fourth game. And with three games and coming off the pandemic and having no games last year, these coaches are treating these exhibition games like practice. And so, um, you know, what, what's going to – what really needs to happen is the fans need to get, um, you know, their money back because they're charging full prices for this. This is ridiculous. So if the Falcons decide to play, they're going to be playing against the Browns backups more than likely. Uh, but, you know, still got to try to get ready for the regular season. I mean, the Browns are the AFC contenders. They almost, you know, got to the Super Bowl. I understand why they're not playing their guys. Uh, the Falcons were 4-12 and last year. Their guys need to be playing. That's just reasonable to me. But uh, Greedy Williams is hurt. So uh, Greg Newsom, the second. Uh, folks that went to see the Browns practice are raving about him and how big of a cornerback he is. Him and Denzel Ward should be able to lock up, down a lot of people um, if they are the starting cornerbacks. So that would be good for Ridley and Gage to go against those two. And maybe they will see some Greg Newsom, but probably not Denzel. Cody Parkey, the kicker, is going on IR. Instead of Baker Mayfield, the Falcons will probably see Kyle Laletta and old Case Keenum's with the Browns. So, uh, Laletta was in that 2018 quarterback class, too. So, uh, but Case Keenum, you know, had the good year with Minnesota, been a career backup, steady Eddie, can get you through a game. Uh, would be a challenge for uh, the backups. He'll know exactly what to do with the ball when he's in the game. So would have also been good to see Chubb against the run defense. Don't don't um the Browns not gonna risk that in the exhibition season, especially after giving Chubb his new contract. Uh, wanted to also see Jarvis Landry and OBJ go against Fabian Moreau and AJ Terrell. See if the Falcons corners can hold up against some quality uh action. But we're not going to see that either. So uh, we're just going to, uh, you know, get ready for game time. And, uh, you know, the Browns, it's going to be, if the Falcons starters go, it's going to be against the Browns backups, which is still a good challenge because the Browns roster is so deep. So the Falcons will be able to get a good um, tune-up for the people they want to get a tune-up for. And uh, then we'll see some of these other players and what I'm calling is the developmental games. They're not exhibition games. They're not pre they are they are exhibition games. They're not preseason. They are uh, guys out there getting practice. So that's what we have here uh, going on. Let's get to the rookie report because they're playing and um they are uh, getting a lot of action. I'll go through the draft picks. Then I have some highlights from the undrafted rookies here, too. Uh, coming out of the Miami game, uh, we got a little busy with the quarterback situation and uh, didn't get to do our um, rookie report. So we're watching individuals since the games are pretty much meaningless uh, in the exhibition season. And the rookies are the main focus because that's how they're going to have to get better this year and next year over time. Looks like they got something here in this rookie class. We don't know about Kyle Pitts because, I mean, yeah, you can make all the catches in practice and so forth, but we want to see him against NFL players. When he went against Eric Rowe down in Miami, 
They were had uh, some bad. He had a tough time. Let's just don't sugarcoat it. Richie Grant, the 40th pick, safety. Uh, he had a kind of quiet evening against the Dolphins. One pass breakup, one special teams tackle. Played 37 snaps. He's apparently still coming along and learning defense because with Eric Harris out of practice on Monday, Jalen Hawkins took over and not Grant. And Jalen was listed two behind Deron Harris at strong safety, not free. Uh, Jalen Mayfield, the tackle, big tackle guard. This he he played forty five snaps, played some guard and some right tackle. So they're trying, they're trying to get him ready to play. After the game, he said, "There's a lot of things to build off of." Mayfield said. I thought for the most part I did pretty well, but I know there's a lot I need to clean up. Technically, I'm not where I want to be yet. Playing both tonight, I felt pretty comfortable doing both. He now has 72 NFL snaps under his belt. Darren Hall's been quiet, quiet, quiet camp for him. He played 18 snaps, 26% of them had a tackle. Drew Darman, he played, started at center, played 45 snaps, 88%. He's also on the the same developmental plan as Mayfield. Okay, and um, he has 72 snaps as well. Taquan Graham, quiet, quiet evening. 47 snaps, uh, no stats. He might have just been plugging, getting the, um, you know, A-gapping, uh, getting the, uh, they're supposed to penetrate and slant, according to Big Chuck. Uh, and they're not supposed to be too gapping and just taking up blocks. So he should be doing something and, and coming up with a tackle here and there. Uh, Arde Ogundajay, fifth-round pick, 37 snaps, had two tackles, quarterback hit and a pass breakup, and one special teams tackle. Avery Williams, the fifth-round pick, 183rd overall. He put um, the offense in great field position with a 28-yard kickoff return to start the game. He has three kickoff returns for 79 yards. He now has six kickoff returns for 167 in the exhibition season. Frank Darby, wide receiver, Arizona State, six-round pick. He caught both of the targets that came his way for 26 yards. All right. So that's the rookie draft class. Uh, we're going to probably see them at some point. We're going to see Pitts at some point. He's going to have to play. I don't know if they're going to be counting on any of these guys right off the bat. But I'm sure over the course of the season, we'll see Richie Grant. We'll see Mayfield. Not so sure about Darren Hall. Uh, Drew Dahlman. They got to get him ready in case something happens. Graham, in case something happens. I think Artie's going to make the rotation. Uh, Avery looks like the punt returner. He's got to beat out Chris Rowland. Uh, so um, that's what I'm expecting from the draft class. Now, the undrafted guys, Javion Hawkins got cut. I saw uh, online where some folks said it was pass protection related. He had five carries for 46 yards, but uh, that wasn't enough to keep him from getting cut on Tuesday. Uh, Little Cat, the 185, you could you had to know he was going to struggle in pass protection, so he can't come back. And say, hey, let's put the 185-pound guy on a linebacker. That wasn't going to work. You kind of had to know that going in. Maybe you should have switched him to wide receiver. Okay, Caleb Huntley. 
Woo, big game. Six carries for 57 yards, including a 30-yard touchdown. Also had a fumble that was covered by recovered by John Rain. J.R. Pace, I didn't have him in here last week with the rookie report because uh, uh, he didn't catch my eye, but the locals pointed out he's a Woodward, uh, Woodward Academy guy from Northwestern, Big Ten. And he showed up with two um, assists and two solos for four tackles. Of course, you know, Felipe Franks, 4 of 9, 46 yards, sacked four times, tossed uh, an interception, uh, finished with a passer rating of 20.8. Can't really send him out there if something happens to Matt Ryan. That's why they uh, signed Rosen and had Blake Bortles in for a workout, according to the NFL media. Keon Smith, offensive tackle, Fayetteville State, had 22 snaps. Uh, did a story on him and Chris Rowland. You know, being the HBC, you guys on the roster. Dorian Etheridge, the Louisville linebacker, had seven more tackles, over 30 snaps. And Dwayne Johnson, the safety from San Diego State, uh, he finished with six tackles and one special teams tackle. And then Zach Dow, a defensive lineman from Brigham Young, he was scrappy in the trenches, finished with four tackles. Four tackles. So, hey, that's our rookie report. From the last game, uh, looks like a bunch of practice squatters. You may, may uh, get some people that make it through to the practice squad. You know, they, they're going to count on pits. We haven't seen them, so we're not going to hype them uh, and talk about how great he looked in practice. Uh, we, we know that um, problems with that. And Richie Grant, uh, maybe he can eventually get to the nickelback spot and beat Isaiah Oliver. Mayfield's going to play at some point. Hall, we don't know how that's going. Doesn't look like it's great. Uh, but Drew Dahlman uh, is getting a lot of action. So that takes us to plan D, developmental uh, plan. That's big for teams. And we know Coach Dan Quinn had that here. Uh, but theirs was different. They would work guys after practice. And it looks like under Arthur Smith, you know, all that after-practice stuff is great, but you you can't beat getting these guys out there in these games. Um, so sitting the starters may be beneficial for the long haul as the depth has been called into question with the two uh, losses here against playoff teams pretty much. Uh, Miami wasn't. I mean, they were a double-digit win team. Let's call them that. But Jalen Hawkins is a guy that they wanted to see, and they saw him in these games – and he has moved in ahead in the safety um, race. So uh, by him, by virtue of him taking over for Eric Harris, that let us know he's the third safety. Bitchy Grant's still um, working over there and uh, to get caught up and so forth. So Plan D also has been invaluable for Mayfield and Dahlman. Getting uh, 72 snaps, NFL snaps, quality snaps against the Dolphins' first line uh, off uh, defense um, last game out. That could only get the rookies better. I don't know if you get them ready for this year to, to take over, um, you know, if something happens, but they certainly have got some NFL experience now and should probably get some more against the Browns. So I like the way they're developing the guys in the trenches uh, because they, you know, Artie's coming along on the defensive side of the ball, haven't seen Graham do anything. 
But um, but uh, Mayfield and Dahlman are getting a lot of work, a lot of work, a lot of work. So that brings us to um, item number four. Uh, you know, they signed Josh Rosen, worked out him and Blake Bortles. And uh, his story's on AJC.com. It's, you know, it's a, uh, he was number one. We had him number one uh, coming out of 2018. I mean, okay, who was wrong about that? But um, looks like Josh Allen was the one. Uh, Darna was two. I had Allen three. Then we had Lamar four. And then Baker five. So um, Kyle letters in there. But you can find that on just do top ten quarterbacks, comma, AJC.com. Top ten quarterbacks 2018. Uh, AJC.com. It'll come up. I think I got a link to it in the story too. Uh, but. Okay, he hasn't been any good. He has a, you know, 50 his passer rating. The numbers are in there. The to 12 to 19 pass, uh, touchdown to pass ratios there. Um, but, you know, he's got a big arm. The problem we're hearing is uh, he's a slow processor, can't read. Somebody we talked to today just said he can't play. That's a waste of time. He's a camp body, uh, you know, so that might be the case. We'll see. But, you know, at one point, Folks thought he was going to be a top prospect. He was drafted number 10. Arizona didn't go so well. I'm just repeating the stories on there. You can go back and get it. But this is his 15. Didn't work at Arizona. Got traded to Miami. Well, didn't work in Miami. They tried to trade him. Couldn't find nobody to take him. Uh, Tampa Bay signs him on the practice squad. And, you know, they need a backup for Brady. Brady's getting old. Uh, they didn't like him. So he signed with the 49ers. And, uh, you know, they uh, – you know, they were going to do something at quarterback. And so they did. Got Trey Lance, uh, let Rosen play a game, and Kyle got frustrated. Uh, I saw the quotes in the New York Post that he's like, yeah, on the interception, he, you know, it's one, one of the receivers got knocked off the route. Instead of making it worse, he make, instead of making it better, he made it worse by just throwing the ball. And so then he found himself cut a couple of days later. But, okay, so that's his story. So you got a broken quarterback coming in here that's got some physical talent. That sounds a lot like the Ryan Tannehill story, except for Ryan made it through 88 starts in six seasons in Miami. Okay, losing record, I think it was 42 and 46. So, uh, but then he goes to Tennessee, gets a second chance after Marcus Mariota starts 2-4. and four. And uh, goes eight and five, takes him to the playoffs, ends up in the AFC Championship games. Goes to the Pro Bowl, the uh, comeback player of the year, and his uh, offensive coordinator there was uh, one Arthur Smith. So I want to ask him tomorrow. Hey, what? There um, might be nothing there. This kid might just be a camp body, like everybody said. But you don't sign him if you don't think you can, you know, get something out of him maybe um maybe it is just to get through this week and get to some other people or uh maybe you do see something in him that you can uh, resurrect and uh keep going or get going to you know at least to where he could be a viable backup so that's um you know, and Arthur Smith, uh, you know, Tannehill did it again. He came back in 20 and took him back to the playoffs. Uh, you know, granted, you know, and uh, he was, you know, had a lot of help with the running game, but but he still pulled the trigger and was a passing threat. And a lot of people told us that, hey, you know, it was um, Arthur Smith 
calling plays and then having him making throws to his strengths. Not asking him to do, um, you know, a lot of things he couldn't do or physically couldn't do. So, can Smith save Rosen like he did Tannehill? That's number four for us. Uh, that will, we'll, we'll visit that in the next coming days here as, after we get uh, Coach Smith to explain his offseason approach to us tomorrow. Because it's, you know, we, we, we've been first-year guy trying to fill him out, but now he's got to explain how he's getting this team ready for the Eagles who are going to come in here with Fletcher Cox and you don't have a left guard. That, that, that right there could be the game. So, But uh, we'll see. We got a lot of time this year because this game will be over on the 9th, uh, 29th. Then they won't play until the 12th. You got a mandatory four-day rest period in there from the NFLPA. So we can kind of slow roll it into the season this year and really break it down, uh, get ready for our special special AJC special section. So, um, yeah, this is a different different feel uh, heading into the season here. But to close out, we're going to hear from Calvin Ridley. You know, last week he was showing out down in Miami, going against Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. We should have asked for him that day, but we didn't get him that day. Uh, we didn't ask for him, so we can't expect to get him if we didn't ask for him. But we did get him on uh, Monday when Eric Harris was not at practice, and uh, Calvin uh, was pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty good here. So let's go to Calvin Ridley. Just break down there. Uh, yeah, a little better than Miami. A lot of the um, uh, stuff on the internet was you going against Howard and uh, Byron Jones. How um, how uh, important was that work getting some work against some of the guys? In the uh, uh, that was great work. I mean, two good corners in the league. Um, they uh, pressed almost every down. Uh, I was able to you know work some stuff and you know get a little better. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you all haven't played yet. Coach, folks look getting a little anxious. Want to see y'all play? Or are you getting anxious too to play this Sunday against the Browns and just to get a little practice before the season starts? Yeah, I'm taking it one day at a time. I'm, I'm on coach. I'm gonna give me the go to play. I'm gonna play, you know, play the best I can. You're going to be doing You know you're gonna be facing the you sit there and say, okay, I really want to work on this. I really want to work on that. Or you kind of just go with that. Because that's what you're going to do at the level. Um, my thinking on when we joint practice is uh, thinking of the game. Thinking as a, as a game. And, no, I'm uh, kind of just, you know, I am working my technique, but I'm going. Like, whatever technique I give him that rep, I don't know what it is until I do it. So I'm working things, but I'm going as a moment fly. That was Calvin, and he later went into it saying that. Uh, when your time is right, away. start your engine. That went right to that little start the engine Daytona Beach at. Okay. Um, yeah, we're going to wrap it up here. That was Calvin. He was saying, you know, basically this is the art. This isn't science, you know, and he's come talking about his footwork. and We'll see that later on as a part of a story on Calvin heading into the season. So with that, we're going to. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements. 
are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.